0: Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is That's a Crime. I'm Jason Connell.
1: And I'm Sal Rodriguez.
0: All right, Sal, we are back for another crime.
1: Yeah, very exciting. Very excited (laughs) about about this one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this one in particular.
1: Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Uh, We have not visited anything like this before.
0: No, we have not. And this is a very recent crime as of Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, but we'll get into it. And today – We're breaking down the true crime story of the man arrested three times in one day in 2022.
1: Yeah. And you know what? When I first found out about this, I started cracking up. I did. Now, and that's the truth. There is some humor, but it also opens up a whole can of worms about our justice system, about Mm -hmm. uh, jail overcrowding, about mental health, about just the law in general. So there's a lot to talk about here, but offhand, a person getting arrested three times in one day, I think has humor to it. I felt the same way. It caught
0: my eye. I had to read it. And then I got into it. It's like, yeah, there are definitely some talking points, of the justice system, the DA's office, the, a lot of things we can you know, speculate on and just the overall issues that lead to this type of thing. But first take, funny, yep. right? Right out of the gate. Like, who is this Neanderthal? Who is doing this? But before we get into it, before we break down this crime, Sal, a word from our sponsor. Let's do it. Support for That's a Crime is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming and offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped,
1: and with this exclusive offer, you'll get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code THATSACRIME at manscaped.com. Fantastic. So, back to this crime. On February 13th, 2022...
0: Super Bowl Sunday, which was just a few days ago. Oh, yeah. People in Los Angeles were cheering for the hometown Rams. And spoiler alert, who actually won the game 23 to 20 against the Cincinnati Bengals? Oh, and by the way, the game was actually played in Los Angeles. And Sal, that's only the second time ever that the home team hosted a Super Bowl because it's just random. They just choose cities way in advance. Oh, wow. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, that's how they do it. So, so this, was, this year, was like a lottery almost. And it was funny. It was only second time ever, but it's the second time back-to-back years. Last year, Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosted, but it's predetermined. We already know, uh, ba blah, 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 who's going to have the next one. And some cold weather teams you know, who play in cold weather, who don't have domes, they're never going to get a Super Bowl. Uh, oh. Green Bay's not going to host a Super Bowl. They're not going to do it. If it was a dome, they might be able to because Detroit Lions have you know, Super Bowls. And Mm -hmm. so, that's how it works. So, it was kind of a special thing. It was just coincidence that they made it. But Mm -hmm. Sal, did you actually watch the game?
1: No, I didn't watch the game. I'm I'm sorry to say- You're in the one percenter. Well, look, I'm in a play right now. I'm in a local theater production. So, I don't know if it emasculates me, but instead of watching the game, I was running my lines for my theater role. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm just, I'm a nerd too. But I did watch the game. And yeah, well, I, well, you're a football. big football fan. I'm
0: a huge fan. You are. And it, it was really good. But while myself and all Angelinos, everyone living in Los Angeles, was celebrating the game, you
1: know, the anticipation. Sure. Ready to trash the city at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just if they win, the anarchy. Yeah. Oh, I did watch the halftime show, Jason. Okay. Well, there you go. I yeah, definitely watched uh, Snoop Dio Double G. Well, ignoring the game was
0: 47-year-old James Langdon, who instead went on a 16-hour-long crime spree that got him arrested three separate times, Sal.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's kind of misleading that he went on a 16-hour crime spree as much as he just did three things in 16 hours. Okay. I mean, because well, he literally was committing crimes for 16 hours straight. I mean, I don't know. Well, it was in and out of jail. Ch- well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it's uh, what
0: the article said. So, But I'm not sure if you saw Langdon's photo, but he has a striking resemblance to Borat. That's funny. Played by... Sacha Baron Cohen. That photo in particular, I was like, that kind of reminds me of that.
1: That's funny. I didn't notice that. I'll have to check it out again. I, I love Sacha Baron Cohen. I think he's one of the greatest comedians that ever lived.
0: Yeah. Well, more as the Borat character, or like sure. a, a oh, okay. Kim too. Okay. And Sacha Baron him. Cohen as Borat. Yeah.
1: That's funny. Okay, but uh,
0: Langdon also had two chip front teeth. So, that might have happened in the aftermath on one of these crimes, but not a good day. Or maybe a good day if you look at it another way for, for Langdon. But it all started at Colorado and Louise Street in Glendale, California. Yep. And Sal, so I used to live in Glendale. And why don't you give us uh, shed some light on the geography here?
1: Well, right now I'm in North Hollywood. So if yeah. you were to go behind me, you would head up uh, past Burbank, past Glendale, and wind up in. Oh, I'm sorry. There's because Colorado. Yes, that's where I got confused. Colorado goes all the way through Glendale mm-hmm. into Pasadena. In this instance, Colorado going through Glendale and Louise Street. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that. I've driven that route many, many times. It's just a, you know, run-of-the-mill neighborhood. I think there's like a Best Buy around the corner or a Trader Joe's, you know, one of those neighborhoods. Nothing really spectacular about it. Pleasant, but just an ordinary town. Yeah, well, I actually liked it.
0: I lived in Adams Hill, which is real close to LA. It was just, I mean, it's the same thing, LA County.
1: But wait a second, you you didn't live in Glendale? I did. Oh, you lived in Glendale? but were you near Colorado and Louise? Not too far. I ride my bike. I was there before the Americana was there
0: and then after mm. the Americana, but my gym was down the street, 24 Hour Fitness, and I was on yes, Colorado a yes. lot. Brand, it's one of the main streets there yes. as well that runs yes. right through with all the car dealerships. And yeah, I lived in Adams Hill. And then when I moved, it had the house in Mount Washington. You're still just five, 10 minutes from Glendale. Mm. So, you go to the
1: Americana. You're right. I, I think of Glendale as kind of distinct from those other areas, but... Well, you're right. There's also parts of Glendale that go up in the hills. So it's really
0: nice. And you're right, it's right next to Pasadena, which I love Pasadena. But I'm very familiar with this section right Mm. here. And I also have to say that the police in Glendale are quite strict. Mm. I know I ever have run-ins with police, but I got pulled over for having tinted windows.
1: And they just it was
0: an excuse to pull me over and like, okay, you're okay. They profile a lot. It's a tighter ship there. That's all I'm going to say.
1: It's because it's not part of the city of Los Angeles. That's exactly right. And these towns like Glendale or Burbank, can have their own police force. Yeah. Yeah. it's the same way. Yeah, yeah. They are a lot more strict there. And you know what? I've been called soft on crime, but if the police are more strict, does that mean the area is a little nicer? I don't know. It depends on on how you think about it. But You might say that. You might say that. But back to this story. Now, the officers in Glendale, they spotted Langdon pacing
0: around a parking lot at 3 a.m. and darting through a crosswalk against a red light. So Sal, this is strange behavior.
1: And I believe that would be jaywalking, right? I think jaywalking is just anytime you break the rules of the walking, if you don't have the right of way, because you have a, a walk sign or you just, you're just you not at the intersection. You're like in the middle of the- Yeah, cutting a lane. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think those are all ways. I used to have a friend that used to get jaywalking tickets. I've never gotten a jaywalking ticket. Maybe sheer luck, maybe. I think we all have jaywalk. We all have like, well, the corners. Why should I walk to the corner over there when yeah, I can exactly. just cross here? You know, It's normal for people to do yeah. that.
0: And you probably just get a warning, but it's 3 a.m. and this guy's- Poking around a parking lot and then running around. So it's a strange behavior. It's
1: strange behavior. And at 3 a.m., you would think that would probably be drug-induced behavior. So Glendale PD said he ran from the
0: officers and struggled with them, which was when he was arrested for obstructing. Mm -hmm. And during the arrest, Langdon claimed he was hurt and was taken to a nearby hospital. He was later released and ordered to appear in court at a later date. So Sal, that's arrest
1: number one. Yeah. So, he's arrested for obstructing the arrest. Not arrested for jaywalking. He was definitely obstructed. So, maybe they upped the charge from j- jaywalking has to be kind of low, right?
0: Like, yeah, what do you poke around? And it was like his behavior led to a worse crime.
1: Yeah. Well, jaywalking is, is falls into the category of infraction, which is even less than a misdemeanor. Exactly. Yeah. Which means that you don't get arrested for infractions. It I mean maybe he ran. Okay, there you go. And that was it. Yeah, it goes into the resistant arrest type scenario. Yeah.
0: Well, it doesn't stop there, but Glendale Police Sergeant Christian Hoftman states a couple of hours after that we get another call. And so the last name May sound familiar to you as Richard Hoftman? I'm assuming no relation, was convicted, sentenced to death in the trial of the century Oh wow! For the Lindbergh baby kidnapping, 1932.
1: That sounds familiar. Also,
0: episode 10 of That's a Crime.
1: That's why it sounds familiar. We have covered the Lindbergh baby kidnapping, yeah. I saw that name and I was like, Hoffman you know spelled what? exactly the same. Mm. Well, That's like what well, was a German name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Spend I wonder if he's part Germany, of the... Right? If it's the same lineage, could be. Yeah, I
0: said no relation. I could be wrong. I made an assumption there. Yeah, yeah. We
1: don't know. Interesting. We do not know. Also, a good way to plug season one, episode 10 of That's a Crime. Well, you know, you have to do that every once in a while. (laughs) A classic.
0: Our longest episode to date. It was a lot to unpack. Yeah. But Now, this time, this call that Hotman got, an employee of an auto body shop found... Langdon creeping around, guy likes to creep, he's a creeper, creeping around the inside of the business, not on the outside, walking around. Sergeant Hopman added that they found him in the office trying to access a room that was locked with a screwdriver in his hand. Hmm. Sal, so I believe you would say he got caught red handed.
1: Yeah, well, he was an auto body. There could have been some red paint there. He would have been (laughs) red-handed.
0: He could have been red-handed. Well, when I had this little note here, red-handed, I was like, you know what? Where does that even come from? Do you know? Because I know we say that term. Do you happen
1: to know? Oh, the old phrase, caught red-handed? Yeah, where that came from, the origin Uh. of... I do not know the origin of red-handed, but I could make one up if you give me a few minutes.
0: Well, I think you were close what you just said, actually, which is funny, the red hands with the paint. But the most commonly cited origin of the phrase red-handed dates back to Scotland in the 15th century, which notes it most likely originated as a reference to someone
1: having blood on their hands. Oh, there you go. Red-handed caught you know.
0: red-handed.
1: You're caught red-handed. Here we are at the murder scene, and there you are with blood on your hands. You are red-handed. Interesting. It makes sense. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, like and
0: You weren't too far off there, buddy. <laughs> well, police arrested Landon again, but this time for trespassing. Mm-hmm. But because of the zero-bail policies implemented by District Attorney George Gascon, yep. he was released three hours later. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So zero bail. So once upon a time he would have had to have posted bail and would have needed eh, at least five hundred or a thousand bucks to do so. Yeah. And you know, otherwise you got to get somebody to put their house in the line gotta and all get that bail, bail people, bonds, man. Yeah, they become more complex. So he appears to be. I would imagine he's maybe transient. I would imagine he may be without a residence. Mm-hmm. I would Could imagine be. that by his crimes. I would imagine by the picture. Rough guess. And yeah.
0: Well, I remember or sort of remember when the pandemic hit, I was still in Los Angeles and then we got hit with those riots and the curfews and all this was going on. Mm. And so, I kind of remember this zero bail policy and I wasn't, I've was not i since moved and I wasn't sure what was going on, but I did put some stuff in here for us to kind of go over and shed light on a little bit. So, we'll kind of go back and forth on a few of these things.
1: So, normally the idea is if you have to pay to get out of jail, then you're going to pay to get out of jail and most likely not mm. commit another crime or right. you cannot afford to bail yourself out, therefore, you're stuck in jail. Right. So the idea is, were it not for the zero bail, this guy would have still been in jail from the stuck first- Stuck in jail. That's Absolutely. the idea. yes. But go ahead and read the terms we have here. Sure. Zero bail means that the individual is released without posting any bail and is released on his or her own recognizance without any supervision or conditions of release. And California instituted a temporary zero
0: bail policy at the beginning of the pandemic. While it's no longer in place statewide, many counties still follow it or some version of it. So yeah, I definitely heard of it, but you know, I'd lost track of where we are with the thing. But And we have one last piece here, which really sheds more light on why it went into play. And I do remember this because when the pandemic first hit, Sal... Jails was one of those things, rest homes. It was like, oh, hang on a second. If you get someone in there who's sick, it's just spreading like wildfire. And a lot of people who weren't even going to
1: jail, they were getting home jailed or home arrest. And they didn't want to just crowd the system. But that's a whole problem in and of itself. You give somebody a home arrest, but they have no home. Well, that's exactly true. There you go. So, last one here says it works within the existing statutory framework. Reducing bail for certain offenses in a manner intended to reduce the local jail population to safe levels, given the reported higher risk of transmission and illness in that confined environment, while balancing public safety outside the jail. See, this is a whole other thing, too, because, you know, they tried to build a brand new, I think it was on the ballot, where they wanted to build some brand new jail in L.A. And, you know, there's all these people, these advocates or activists who pushed mm-hmm. against it. So I don't think that they, or maybe it's on hold, but this is a whole thing right now. It's the jails are overcrowded. Well, we want to build another one. Well, no, you can't build another one. So it's it's a conundrum. And, and I myself, I don't know if I mentioned this in other episodes of That's a Crime. I have sat down with members of the Los Angeles City Council and talked to them about the status of Los Angeles. And I think it's a little hopeless, honestly. And I say that as a a person born and raised in Los Angeles. I love LA. I think it's a little hopeless as far as the jail population, the crime, the the homeless population, the the mental health issue, and all these things that feed into each other, drug addiction. They all feed into each other, Mm -hmm. and it's this whole glob of a mess. I don't foresee a, a lot of hope, unfortunately. It is unfortunate.
0: And I know, again, this episode's light in a lot of ways, but it sheds a light on these bigger problems because this guy's already, well, this is his second. Arrest, Sal.
1: Second arrest of the day. Yes, of the day. Arrest number two. And by the way, I'm I'm not here to criticize this guy, because you know what? I have a past, ladies and gentlemen. The humor is that this guy didn't learn his lesson after the first arrest, and maybe be like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't go, maybe I should chill out for a few days. No, he learned no lesson. Whatever his problem is, he went out and got into trouble again, and we're only on arrest number two.
0: Yep, exactly. So, back to Langdon whose crimes were indeed escalating as he saved the biggest and strangest one for last. Around 7 p.m., part of his 16-hour window. So, okay. <laughs> officers responded to reports of a break-in at an apartment and found Langdon in the hallway outside of an apartment where the resident said the door was left ajar and things had been moved around. So it's a little hazy, okay. Well, when Langdon saw officers arrive, Again, he allegedly ran back in the apartment and barricaded himself inside. So I'm assuming he doesn't live in this apartment, but Glendale PD then set up a parameter and were eventually able to enter the apartment and negotiate
1: Langdon's exit. That's very lucky for the actual resident, because just imagine if they weren't able to negotiate his exit and might've shot him. Yeah. And the police shoot some guy in your apartment.
0: Yeah. What the heck? I this is know. insane.
1: I, I but think there's I, more. you know what though? That's the way to get out of the lease for sure. Oh, you would hope,
0: so Sergeant Hopman stated that Langdon had actually gone in and put their clothes on their being the rightful tenants or owners of the apartment, yeah. was drinking alcohol in their apartment, making a mess, destroying things. Yeah. Police say in all, Langdon caused around six, thousand dollars in damages to the apartment. And the building, collectively. And he was arrested again, but this time for felony vandalism and burglary and remained in jail on a $150,000 bail. Sal, that's arrest number three.
1: So now though, he has the bail, so now he's stuck. And he's caused some real
0: damage. The first time he's poking around, he resists arrest a little bit. The second time he's trying to break into something, now he's caused real damages. He's crossed over lines. And six thousand dollars worth of damage is an apartment. What the heck? Yeah. Is he breaking everything that they own? Is he you know, hitting the walls? Like something's not right with this guy. And we already knew that, but it's illuminated here.
1: Yeah, because he's he's not just none of his crimes make any sense. And they're kind of exactly. pointless. Exactly. Yeah. What's the motive? What's the agenda? I'm thinking yeah. this guy is just out to lunch mentally. I think there's a mental health issue here. Sounds like it. We could have easily done three episodes on James Langdon.
0: Each crime—that's <laughs> a crime, yeah. But yeah, very disturbing. What's wrong? Like, if he wanted to break into an apartment and steal something, it sounds like he had adequate time. He decided to stay and make a mess and draw attention to himself, and then bring the cops and then resist arrest again and then negotiate. Like, they didn't even know what they're dealing with. Like, were they calling back to Hotman, the sergeant, saying? Hey, we got Langdon again here. He's already been arrested twice. He's barricaded himself in here. Everyone's probably going, this isn't good. This could go really bad.
1: Remember on the Andy Griffith show? Wasn't there like a town drunk that was always in jail? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He was probably like a very sympathetic character on the show. But yeah, in, in this instance, you have these people- it's really sad. I mean, when, when you look deeper into it, I mean, this guy obviously has some serious problems because again, yeah. it, it's not like he robbed a store here, then robbed a store there, then robbed no. a store. There. What is this guy doing? It makes no sense at all. Yeah.
0: I think Don Knotts used to leave it unlocked for that drunk. He'd just come and sleep it off. He would just <laughs> let himself into the... I think <laughs> yeah. he would. I don't know. I think know. he did. I don't know if that's right or <laughs> no. not. I haven't seen that show in like... It good. years, good. It but. sounds good. So, Los Angeles Deputy DEA John Hatami had some insightful comments on the case. And we'll kind of say these as well, share these as well, because it's, yeah, it's some of the things we're talking about, and maybe some of it doesn't agree with Gascon's policy.
1: Yeah. These are the words of John Hatami. These are his opinions, I guess you can say. Yeah. Nobody's getting prosecuted for lower level crimes. And what happens is then they commit higher level crimes. Case in point here. This is a commercial for throwing the book at people. This is a commercial for locking people up and throwing away the key, unfortunately. And I would be on board if we didn't have a person, I think, here who, this is not Bonnie and Clyde. This guy has mental problems. He obviously has. This
0: situation was a perfect example of why Gascon's controversial directives, like not even charging people like Langdon for crimes like obstruction or trespassing, allows criminals to keep doing what they're doing until something really bad happens.
1: Yeah. And the last thing he said, if you're allowing someone to commit three crimes in a 16-hour span and, you know, basically terrorize people in Glendale without any public safety concern, and I don't think George... Gascon cares. Mm. Now, here's where I got confused because if these are quotes from the deputy DA, and the person he's criticizing is the DA, which would be his boss, yes? Yeah. It's interesting. I, I'm
0: not sure. I don't
1: know how that dynamic works, but I would imagine that they should be on the same page and and teammates and you know colleagues, but maybe not.
0: I don't agree on this policy. That's yeah. for sure.
1: No, this is big. And yeah, things like this have been going on now for a while. Right. This is the first time we're talking about it on this show, but this whole thing about letting people off and then they come back and letting people off. The interesting thing about this one is that three times in one day, but you and I, I'm sure I've read articles and seen news stories of people arrested maybe a few times in a month, right? maybe even a couple times in a week, but yeah, three times in one day, this guy may hold the record as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. I mean, the second one, he was in a place he shouldn't have been and he had a screwdriver in his hand and he's trying to get into a room. That can get you thrown in jail for at least a day. So I'm shocked he got out of jail at that time. The first time, sure. Okay at nighttime, creeping around, runs across, You know, jaywalked a little bit, but kind of resisted arrest, obstruction. That one, okay, in and out, a few hours. But the second one, yeah, if I did something like that, the second one, I'd expect to be in jail for a minute, right? Or someone's going to come bail me out and have a hearing. The third one, yeah, he upped the ante and it's scary. I mean, someone could have been hurt in that third one. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, a neighbor. Yeah. Neighbors were probably freaked out. They probably interacted with him. It's like, who are you? And who are the people? How did he choose this apartment? Which is also kind of scary. Yeah. You know, he just chose an apartment, goes in and makes a mess, and people don't want to deal with him. Yeah, Very scary. And the cops could have come in, and you're right, he could have been blown
1: away. He could have been blown away by the police. Or by the resident, by a yeah, by the resident. Oh boy, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, this could have ended even worse. Imagine if it would have been two arrests and and then killed. Yeah, actually, he got off lucky that it's three arrests versus two arrests and then death by cop. One of those death. Yes.
0: Well, it started off like a great day with the Rams and the Super Bowl. They won their (laughs) first Super Bowl in Los Angeles. They actually won one in St. Louis years prior. Greatest show on turf. Recently talked about. On my review of American underdog, but I enjoyed it, but then it just goes dark. And I like this story because it does shine a light on the problem. And it's probably happening quite often with this kind of policy in play. And there's a lot of smart criminals out there who might be doing more of the, you know, thievery and they have a plan, a real motive. And if they know they're going to slap on the wrist and in and out. What's the harm what's the barrier mm. right if you're not worried about court time or being in trouble
1: it's less fear to do it there was an issue with petty theft so petty theft I think it used to be 1500 exactly yeah. I think they raised it so like you can go and commit 1500 now and it's no longer petty theft
0: yeah some people are going to steal like you know 1499 yeah there you go or whatever it is. Exactly. Like, oh, I'll do that, but what's the worst? It's a petty theft, and I'm in and out, and yeah, it's not good. I am happy that they did keep him in jail. I don't know where he's at now. I don't know if someone like this, like Langdon, has the means. You know, Someone's in a hurry to hurry up and get him out of jail, the $150,000 bail. So, what will happen? If that's not paid, he'll just be there all the way up until he's sentenced, and then we'll see what happens, right?
1: Well, I think in this case, what's most likely going to happen is that he's going to have to probably stay in jail. He will be charged. He will most likely be convicted. He will then get another sentence. And then guess what? He'll be out again. At some point. He will be out because a person like this most likely belongs in a mental institution, but we don't have those anymore.
0: Well, hopefully he's reviewed, treated in some respect. It might be the best place for him right now with this type of behavior.
1: I'm not one of these guys that wants to go around locking people up. I don't. But what happens is when you are officially a danger to people, right. a danger to society, you can't function. Yeah, You can't function. Then you know what? That's what's scary here. Yeah. Something's got to be done. And, and I would say that, yeah, based on going into someone else's residence, I would say at this point, he got off easy because thinking about what could have happened.
0: Sal, what if it was your apartment that he broke into? This would have been meta. We would have covered it on That's a Crime. Imagine if somebody broke in right now,
1: while right we're-, now, we're while dur- we, dur- During the Starts recording. wrecking my background. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, we would have to do an episode. That would be meta. We'd be cool, come full yeah. circle. Oh my gosh. So yeah, like I said, this crime, definitely humor when you first think about it. But then when you dig deeper and you get into all the- It's really sad and scary. Yeah. There is some sad things here because, uh, again, I don't have the answers. I don't claim to have the answers. And, and when I've talked to local officials, guess what? They don't have the answers either. Nobody has the answers. It's tough. Yeah.
0: Well, that covers the man arrested three times in one day in 2022. We don't do very many updates. We always anticipate or plan them. We actually had one recently of all things, ironically. We had an update of the D.B. Cooper hijack heist in 1971 because there was some new information. quote unquote. Yes, But uh, there are some other crimes in our past, in our library that we are waiting for updates on, some sentencing that we're waiting for. So if this somehow pops back up, if James Langdon somehow gets back on our radar, he did more crimes or it's a story worth revisiting, we will do so. But let's hope he finds the help he needs and does less Crime sprees.
1: Yes, yes. I, I don't wish harm on anybody. It's even him. I hope he's okay. I hope he can get help. I hope that he, you know, not harm himself or others. That's what I really hope. Yep. So unlock your confidence and use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code That's a Crime at manscaped.com. So thank you so much for listening. And please be sure to subscribe to the That's a Crime podcast
0: as well as the That's a Crime YouTube live channel. You can also really help us by giving the show a five star rating on Apple Podcast.
1: And for all you listeners that enjoy sharing your thoughts, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, send us a direct message, or post a comment on any That's a Crime social media platform. We also highly recommend checking out our other
0: podcast and visiting justcuriousmedia.com.